This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at CatanShop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, uh, it's baby week on Discovery Health. Indeed it is. There are um, going to be all sorts of programs about uh, weird pregnancies, uh, crazy instances of having babies. You can't escape it here at the House Stuff Works office. We are we are baby, baby, baby here. We are baby, baby um, as part of Discovery Health, which is um, one of the, the arms of our corporate family. And so we are doing a shout out to Baby Week specifically for a new show that's premiering on Discovery Health about the neonatal intensive care unit, a.k.a. the NICU, the NICU, which is where premature babies go to grow and get all the support that they need before they can go home. Well, actually, what I learned when we were doing this research, Kristen, is that it's not just necessarily premature babies. It can be any baby that needs a little a little extra TLC. Sure. Maybe um, a medication regimen or something like that. I was surprised to learn that one in 10 babies spend some time in the NICU. Yes, and we learned that from the March of Dimes organization, which, um, as you may or may not know, is a nonprofit dedicated to infant health. And the reason we're bringing them up so early in the podcast is they run one of the best websites for uh, parents who have a child in the NICU. And so that's where a lot of this information that is coming from today is going to come from. And they also provide a lot of support systems for parents who've got a child in the NICU. Again, so that's that would be one of the first places you're going to turn. But the way we're going to approach this today is... No one expects to have a child in the NICU, most likely, unless you've had a really difficult pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that you have a premature baby might catch you unawares. Yeah, we might think of it as more of a worst case scenario. But the good news is, is that the NICU is ready to protect and support your baby. There's a lot going on. It's a busy place. It's not like the doctor just takes the baby away and puts it off in a little isolation chamber and and calls it a day. Uh, There's There are a lot of people there who can not only support your baby, but also support mothers and families that are going through this because the March of Dimes points out that Going through the NICU experience can be an emotional roller coaster because obviously parents are very concerned if, uh, if they have a premature baby that has to go to the NICU. Um, and you know, there's, there's just a lot of emotion surrounding that. You've just had a baby. Right. It's supposed to be one of the happiest days of your life, Kristen. This new bundle of joy. And instead of getting to hold it and show it off and take all sorts of cute pictures, 
uh, you're dealing with a lot of guilt, a lot of stress, fear, what's going on. And Mm -hmm. so that's a little bit what we want to try and address in this podcast. Uh, If you do become one of those one in 10 families, uh, you'll have a little bit of idea about what's going on. And of course, it will give you a little bit of a preview for the show, Nick You. Yeah. So why don't we just walk our listeners through what you can expect in the NICU, because I was kind of surprised to learn just how many different people you're going to encounter in the NICU. It's not just nurses and babies. You're going to have specialized pediatricians who are trained at taking care of premature babies who are kind of the heads of the NICU. And then you're going to have support staff that will include other doctors and nurses, such as respiratory therapists who help the child breathe. You're going to have speech language pathologists who would work with a baby um, in terms of swallowing or feeding. Uh, NICU teams are also going to include social workers who are going to really assist the parents with everything from handling insurance benefits to dealing with that emotional roller coaster that the March of Dimes reference. And, you know, if you are in a hospital, there will be additional people you can draw on if you wanted to, if you wanted to draw on, you know, the clergy that's on staff at a hospital. And again, the March of Dimes works with some hospitals to have uh, support staff there also. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about what all those people are doing, because like you say, Kristen, it's a big team. And I, I think I would be most scared about walking in and seeing a baby covered, you know, with the tubes, the wires in some sort of, you know, chamber. Tell me, tell me what's going on. A lot of times premature babies will be kept in an isolate, which is more commonly referred to as an incubator or a radiant warmer. And this basically ensures that um, there aren't a lot of germs that are getting into its very, very sensitive immune system and respiratory system and also make sure that the baby's body temperature stays up. Um, and an isolate also adds a layer of protection against noise. We might not think about that as affecting babies, but that kind of noise in their very, very sensitive bodies can be harmful. And those are usually connected to IVs that are delivering fluids and medication to the babies. Um, they might have little adhesive pads on their chests, which are part of cardiopulmonary monitors to track their breathing and heart rates. And then they'll also have pulse monitors to see how much oxygen is in their blood and then also cuffs to uh, monitor their blood pressure. And perhaps a ventilator as well. So now they're hooked up to all these things, and there's going to be a lot of tests throughout the day to make sure that the baby is progressing as it should. Uh, Most commonly, they're going to do some blood tests to check uh, blood oxygen, sugar, bilirubin, electrolyte levels. They might also have a urine test daily to check on kidney function. There's going to be a lot of weigh-ins. There might be some portable x-ray machines, MRI scans uh, to check organ functions. And if there's a heart issue uh, with the developing baby, they might have an echocardiogram. Now, one of the most frightening aspects of having, uh, if you're a parent who has a baby in the NICU, is this idea of your newborn child being in isolation. However, there are actually a lot of bonding opportunities that are made available to parents and their baby because um, doctors have found that skin-to-skin contact is very important for premature babies' growth and also, um, if possible, um, breastfeeding, breast milk feeding. Right. And, you know, some people, they may not be able to actually um, feed the child through the breast. The, the child might not be developed enough yet to suck out the milk. So you can pump and they can administer it to the baby in a bottle and maybe you'll be able to do it. That might be one of the milestones you get to hit as your baby develops. You know, it might be fed by a two for a while. And then one day it'll be like, hey, 
baby's big enough, you feed it on your own. And uh, one of the tips that the March of Dimes pr- uh, provides is to just keep asking about that to see, like, you know, it gives you an idea of your baby's status, but it also shows that, you know, you're ready to be there when when that milestone arrives. Mm-hmm. And another big milestone, um, depending on how premature the baby is, um, it might be when the pediatrician says that it's okay for you to hold your baby. And when this happens, he or she will probably encourage skin-to-skin contact, which is referred to as kangaroo care. And uh, that involves um, the parent opening up their shirt and holding the you know, baby who's just wearing a diaper directly against their chest. And some doctors think that this type of contact can really shorten a baby's stay in the NICU. There's just something about that um, parent-to-child skin-to-skin contact that uh, that's just really good for them. Plus, it's the most adorably named baby hold ever, I Thank think. Thank care. And, you know, there's been a recommendation that, you know, it may not be the kind of milestones you wanted to celebrate, you know, holding your child for the first time, uh, feeding it for the first time, but to really, you know, take this scary experience and turn it into something that's, you know, all part of a, a kid's baby book. Keep a journal of these moments. Uh, take a, take as many pictures as you would take if uh, everything had happened the way that you planned. And just, you know, while you're riding that emotional roller coaster, try and still have as much celebration in those milestones as you as you were probably feeling stress and anxiety about them. And one of the biggest pieces of advice that the March of Dimes offers for parents who are going through this experience is really trying to arm themselves with as much information about the environment that they're in as possible, understanding who different people are in the NICU, knowing where they can go if they need to, say, get a cot for the night, knowing what kinds of questions to ask to keep up to date on their baby's status. Um, and all of this information can be easily found either on the March of Dimes website or the Discovery Health website, um, because really, you know, at this point, the health of your baby is sort of out of your hands. You've, you kind of have to let the doctors do their work, which can be, I'm sure, very, very nerve wracking for a new parent. But if you have a little more knowledge and control over the actual environment, then it might ease that burden a little bit. And I think that, you know, while you say, Kristen, the care is a little bit out of your hands, I do think you can still trust your gut as a parent, as the March of Dimes says. And, you know, just keep asking questions like, can I hold the baby today? Like, how's the baby doing today? If you take the initiative to see yourself as part of that team that's caring for your baby, you know, it it might ease your stress about at the end of the day, you know, handing the baby over to a nurse and then going and getting some sleep, knowing that you can be there as much as you can be there. Uh, and having that interaction on, on the baby's development schedule, I think, can be empowering in its own way. It's still scary. It's still not the way you probably planned it out. But if you see yourself as part of that team, it can be, you know, a way to ease that anxiety. And I think one thing that's important for parents to understand is that even after a baby leaves in a queue and goes home, it isn't necessarily going to be just right back to normal. There are still going to be some extra precautions that you have to take, um, possibly some some extra checkups with the doctor to make sure that you know, the baby is still um, developing just fine and you might not be able to take the baby out into any public places for a little while just because their respiratory and immune systems are so sensitive. And it might be Difficult, even after you get home from the hospital, just seeing mothers with other babies that might have developed with with less, you know, bumps in the road than than you and your child, and acknowledging all of those feelings, whether you know it's from the from the joy to the anguish, is something that the March of Dimes really urges 
parents to do. So now if you go to that March of Dimes website or if you go to the Discovery Health website, which uh, has the show um, all lined up with lots of cool clips and articles from NICU doctors, NICU nurses, it, it provides you all that information about what the experience is like. But, you know, one thing that I think we've kind of stressed here on Stuff Mom Never Told You, whether we've been talking about eating disorders or relationships, Kristen, is we know that the best resource is our listeners, that mm-hmm. you guys have experiences with things like this. And so we want to know from you if you've had a child uh, in the NICU, what advice you'd give someone who's going through the same experience, What of, which of the things that we've said have rung true to you, which sound like utter crap. Um, you know, it's once you get through that experience, it is sort of a special vantage point and that you can help other people who are going through this or who might go through this in the future. So uh, let's hear from you guys. If you've had any experiences with the NICU, we'd love to hear them and share them with the rest of our listeners. The address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And uh, don't forget to check out all of the Baby Week festivities in July. Right. And you can also, if you don't want to email, you can also share your thoughts directly with our other listeners on our Facebook fan page at Stuff Mom Never Told You. And you can also follow us on Twitter. Send us a tweet if you feel the urge to. And at, on Twitter, we are Mom Stuff Podcast. So we look forward to hearing from you guys. In the meantime, we're going to read uh, some emails from people who have written in on previous episodes. Uh, such as this one from Erin on the Prenup podcast. She writes that she is an attorney in Texas, uh, and anything from this email is solely in regard to Texas law, but here's a little bit about Texas, and it's probably not unique to anyone else. Erin writes, prenups can be a great protection, as you both explained. There are also postnups, at least in Texas, where a married couple can make provisions for their future earnings, debts, purchases, etc., one scenario when I would certainly recommend considering a post-nup is when one partner stops working outside the home in order to raise children, assist with elderly parents, or other reasons. There are laws that can help protect spouses who choose to stop working during the marriage, but in Texas, there are certain factors within the law before any protection through the family code is triggered. A post-nup would also be a great idea if one spouse comes into an unexpected inheritance based on the property laws of the state involved. There could be issues with the nature of the property, meaning it could be divided upon divorce, as well as any earnings or debts from that property. Something else you touched on was dating prenups. In Texas, we use cohabitation agreements. These are very worthwhile, but I don't have enough people asking about them before it's too late. If you're going to live with someone, there will be debts associated with utilities, rents, and maybe even credit cards and loans. There are also assets like electronics, furniture, and maybe even real estate. And if either of the cohabitants have children, there will certainly be potential issues. I highly recommend that people talk with an attorney in their state prior to moving in with someone to find out what things may need to be addressed. All right, well, I found an email here from Kate, also about our prenup podcast. And she says, well, I can appreciate the always be prepared motto, especially considering such a huge decision as getting married and all that comes with it. It's still impossible to minimize or eliminate risk, especially in dealing with human relationships. Although divorce is frighteningly common these days, I would like to think that in most cases, even with broken hearts and lots of anger involved, people can generally treat each other humanely. That may be hopelessly naive of me, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. I simply believe that the more we try to wrap and define our lives in legal tape, the less we're actually living and the less profound our relationships become. Things will break down for sure, and you will have to pick up the pieces, but that's really all part of the deal. Also, just a quick thought about the metaphor of the plane crash. Neither you, nor the pilot, nor anyone else on board has any part in the quote-unquote decision to crash. So thank you, Kate, for your perspective on prenups. 
I have one more, and it's really short, but it's from Doug, and it's about uh, the What We Should Call Single Ladies podcast. All right. And Doug wrote us a fabulous email that says, I think that fabulous single ladies should be referred to as conger mollies. Oh, Doug. Doug I don't scored some brownie points. So if you guys want to score our brownie points as well, send us an email, though it does not have to be positive. Or just send us brownies. (laughs) Or or just good thoughts from wherever you live. Um, Again, the email address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And as Kristen said, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and during the week you can check out all our thoughts on our blog, which is called Stuff Mom Never Told You, and it is at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Dear Young Rockers Season 2 is a raw, honest, strange, and entertaining story about finding yourself in your early 20s and a lifelong relationship with music. It's hosted by me, Chelsea Erson, and is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland. Dear Young Rocker comes to you from Double Elvis Productions and iHeartRadio. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this time of pandemic and revolution, do you find yourself frustrated at high levels of corruption and inequality, at our inability to get basic things done, at the persistence of systemic racism? You're not alone. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.